Hello folks and welcome back to John Guest Remembers, the weekly CCGF podcast that chronicles the life and ministry of Pastor John Guest. This week's episode picks up with John having been installed as Rector of St. Stephen's and his process and thoughts for building the team that would minister alongside him. Thank you for joining us as John Guest Remembers. Well, as I assumed leadership right at the end of 1971, having been installed early in December with Bishop Appleyard coming to conduct that service, which was a special service of an evening, my goal was to preach the gospel, taking the regular scripture readings as they came with the lectionary, but they are dynamite going through the church year. So right after Christmas, it was Epiphany, and then Lent, and then Easter, and then through Trinity Sunday, and then Pentecost. And uh, going through the readings of that summer, which pretty much course their way through the life of Jesus, until you get to Advent again in uh, late November. Uh, the staff we worked with together, and though I was not declared, I knew that I was going to have to build a new team of people who uh, were younger, vibrant, ready to preach the gospel. And so who I was looking for in the first place was my uh, a new assistant, uh, an assistant rector. I inherited Sam Odom, who was a dear gentleman and was close to retirement himself. And I had met a man by the name of John Howell, who was ordained in the Episcopal Church. He was a chaplain at a girls' school up in uh, New England, and he had used me to come and uh, evangelize the girls in the school uh, as the chaplain in that school. And so I came with my guitar and did a concert and then spoke about the Lord. And that's when I met John and uh, Karen Howe. He had been on InterVarsity staff, which is a Christian student ministry organization, international, but here in the USA as well, originally based out of England. And he uh, had also graduated with his theological degree from Yale Divinity School, but he himself was not in any sense liberal, had a great love for the Lord Jesus and the sharing of the gospel. And so, having met him, I asked him, would he come and be my assistant in Sir Wickley? They prayed about it and deferred and said no, they didn't feel like they should leave their chaplaincy. But I continued to pursue him, and he and his wife praying about it said, if John Guest calls us one more time, we'll take it that the Lord is calling us to go to Sir Wickley. Well, that's what happened. I didn't know that, of course. That was their own agreement, their own fleece, as we would say, that they had put out. But I did call again, and so they decided to come. And along the way then, Sam Odom did move on into a, a kind of retirement, and with him, his dear wife Polly, uh, their two daughters. Margie, Margie was, I think, in college at that point, and Mary was Mary Van, 
as Sam called her, was maybe in middle school, high school. In any case, they moved along, and John Howe came and took up residence in the what is the Christie House at St. Stephen's. It was the house for the assistant minister. And so we began to work together. I shared the pulpit pretty much equally with him, and his wife was very much involved in the Sunday school, directing the Sunday school. And so we began a new regime at St. Stephen's. I had started Sunday evening fellowships that was to invite people who I would meet at the church door who were new, and anybody who was showing spiritual interest. And as people came to know the Lord and make a commitment to Christ, uh, so they'd be invited into that fellowship. I was still doing the youth ministry, and thereby the children's ministry at four o'clock. But we started this Sunday evening fellowship, and it became very, very important to the development of the church. It was where people really got to know me and my wife, Kathy. At that point, we had two little children, and we got to know them. It became a time of informal singing. John Howe put together a great songbook of uh, some secular folk songs and music and uh, some Christian songs. And so we would lead the music and invite people to come to this gathering. And as part of the gathering, ask them to talk about themselves a little bit. And there were three or four questions I would just ask them. This kind of developed and evolved into uh, a steady kind of meeting with refreshments early on, just like refreshments, and then a time around in the winter, an open fire in our big fireplace, and to do some singing. And then people who were new to us, and even if somebody had made a commitment to Christ, I would coach them in how to talk about that and share their faith. If they were new, these were the questions I would ask them to answer, then give their name, give where they live, tell how they found St. Stephen's, and then one thing about themselves they cared to share. But that often turned into quite a spiritual conversation. But Sunday by Sunday, every Sunday we did that for a number of years. And then with John Howe coming along, he started a Bible study, an inductive Bible study, and they met in another home up on Sir Wickley Heights, a very important home to us in the future, as it turned out to be. And so we had two Sunday evening meetings going, with uh, 30 people or so in each of them, I would think. And so that continued for the no a number of years. John Howe spent four years with us, and we had uh, a very strong leadership team. We then uh, hired Mike Henning, I believe, to come and be our youth minister. Mike, who later became the rector, that is. But at that point, he was a Presbyterian working for Young Life in Sir Wickley. I asked him to come and run our youth ministry, that we would pay his salary through Young Life, and or that he could uh, do Young Life work as well as our work. And so it happened. And that led, along the way, 
for him to go and get a degree in theology. He'd already graduated from Penn State. Uh, and he was a genius both at study and needing little sleep. So he picked up his Master of Divinity and was ordained in the Episcopal Church uh, as time rolled on, but that was not in the first few years. So that was our youth ministry. I began to take uh, the confirmation classes. That was mine to teach. And that led to serious teaching of young men and women uh, in their early teens coming to uh, the confirmation class and being confirmed by the bishop, but being invited to really take Christ seriously and to get to know him in those confirmation classes. And so between the fellowships and the uh, confirmation classes, and Karen Howe getting involved in leadership in the Sunday school, things began to move in a much more biblical, uh, overtly evangelical drift. The radical thing was that, and, and that's the reason they had hired me in the first place, was that we preached the scriptures very seriously every Sunday and would often ask people to come to Christ and give their lives to him. And so those first three or four years were very, very strategic, and the whole tenor of the church began to change. We trained the lay readers in a very serious class, teaching them foundational Christian truths, as well as teaching them the church history and the way the prayer book was set up, and uh, encouraging them to read strongly the scriptures when they had that opportunity, which is what a lay reader did, as well as helping serve communion, which we had on the first Sunday of every month. If you are enjoying this podcast, please let us know on our Facebook page. You can find more episodes of John Guest Remembers and Christ Church's other podcast, Our Church, Our Stories, on our webpage, ccgf.org, or wherever you find your podcast by searching for CCGF Talks. Thank you for listening.